You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Broadcasting from Radio Row at Super Bowl 57, this is the Tim Donnelly Show, presented by Dreamlawns on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. I'm Tim Donnelly, live at Radio Row in Phoenix, Arizona, getting ready for the Super Bowl. Show sponsor, Dream Lawns. Check them out for all your lawn needs. It's that time of year. At least it's time to start planning for it. And we are also coming at you from the Pitbull Tobacco and More broadcast booth here on Radio Row. Now, I want to continue this conversation about the the week that is is coming up, meaning the game that is coming up. And it turns out, right, and and who would have guessed this at this point last year, turns out you don't have to burn everything down when it comes to your future and go all in to win a Super Bowl. And and I find it more and more interesting that the more and more this this game gets gets kind of – talked about right and, and we've talked with our fair share of people out you just heard mike golick jr talking about it the names that pop up are so consistently names that are quote-unquote homegrown right remember last year the rams they won it all but it was with this trade that trade this all in send away this many picks for jalen ramsey this many picks for matt, matt stafford and now it's finally going to work well well what happened to that what, I, I thought you had to do that to keep up with those teams. I thought everyone was going to have to be one one year you go for it, you push all your chips in the middle, and then you struggle, and then you struggle, and then you struggle, and you work to get it back, and you work to get it back. That's not what these two teams are doing at all. Mahomes, Hurts, Kelsey, Kelsey, Chris Jones, Devontae Smith, Lane Johnson, uh, Willie Gay, Fletcher Cox, George Karloftis, Josh Sweat, all drafted by the teams they're representing in the NFL championship the premier game the eagles this this might be the craziest most impressive thing the eagles have done and they've done a lot of crazy impressive things 10 of their 11 offensive starters they drafted that offensive line that has at worst according to pro football focused the ninth best player at their position all drafted their entire running back core running uh, quarterback obviously tight end Everyone on that starting lineup in the offense for the Eagles, aside from A.J. Brown, they drafted. And A.J. Brown was the final piece, right? That's how you put together a team. You go assemble everything you need, and then the final piece, I mean, if it's available for you in the draft, sure, take it. But if not, then you can go grab it. That is why these teams, we talked about it to start the show, that is why these two teams will be set up to be here or in high leverage games for a while, right? And, and I, I'm not saying they're, they're flawless, right? There are a few big questions. What do the Chiefs do when, when Travis Kelsey declines? What do the, the Eagles do when Jason Kelsey declines or retires, right? When th- those guys are a little bit long in the tooth by NFL standards. The Eagles have to work out a contract with Jalen Hurts, right? There are, there are little road, like little speed bumps. But think about the Rams, Think about what they went through this year. 
And now think about the questions they have to answer. What are they going to do at quarterback? What are they going to do at coach if he if McVay leaves? What are they going to do if Aaron Donald retires? What are they going to do if Jalen Ramsey doesn't bounce back? What are they going to do? They have so many questions around their most important players. Meanwhile, the Eagles and Chiefs, because they built through the draft with smart decisions, finding value at every step of the the, the, the draft that they can, they're here and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if one or both of them are back next year. I wouldn't be surprised if if the Kansas City Chiefs continue their streak of AFC Championship appearances, and I wouldn't be surprised if Jalen Hurts and the Eagles don't start their own. Now, is there an element of luck? Yes. Is There is an element of they are going to have to get lucky to win Super Bowls, but they've done the part of team building that, gets you to where the luck matters, right? They've done the part of team building that gets you to where a lucky break or two and you win a Super Bowl. It, I mean, I mean, and I don't mean this to be to be mean to Robbie, who's out here in, in, in Phoenix with me. Uh, the Giants were more than a lucky break away from a Super Bowl, and they made the playoffs, right? And they were in, in the mix, right? The quote-unquote dance. Anything can happen when you get to the playoffs. Well, yeah, anything can happen. They needed 17 things to go their way. The Chiefs and Eagles are to the point where they need one or two. And I, they came into the Super Bowl one or two, right? Yeah, Mahomes need to be able to play through an ankle injury because if that guy goes down there in trouble, although anything is possible, shout out to Chad Henney, right? If you, if you even look at, at um, a team like the Niners, and the Niners are very, very good. They're in the mix where they're one or two lucky breaks away. This year, obviously, they got very, very lucky or very, very unlucky. All their court, everyone that lined up under center for them ended up getting hurt. But they did the part that they needed to to get to where the luck mattered. And and looking at how they put their team together, there was an element of all in this. Right, they they did trade away a bunch of future firsts for Trey Lance. They did trade away a bunch of picks for for CMC Christian McCaffrey. They 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 did a little bit of that, and we'll see if they're able to extend that window beyond, you know, where they sit right now. Because make no mistake about it, everything in the NFL is about windows, and and uh, well, who uh, it was Joe Burrow, right? Who said uh, our window is as long as I'm playing, as long as my career is our Super Bowl window. It sounds great, and I agree with him to an extent. But what they do around Joe Burrow is is how realistic that window is, right? They're going to make the playoffs almost, you know, I'd say guaranteed like eight of the next ten years, and and that's obviously aggressive. But it's what they, where they are once they get to the playoffs that matters. And looking at the two rosters of the two teams we see here today, or the two teams that we're going to see on Sunday. They've built really, really well. So it's, it's, it's funny. We're going to hear a lot of different MVPs, right? Who's the most valuable player of, the, of the, the, the Chiefs, right? It's Mahomes or it's, hey, actually it's Kelsey or Chris Jones. Who's the MVP of the Eagles? It's got to be Hurts unless it's Kelsey. But it could also be, right, you can go all the way down the list. Well, they weren't this before A.J. Brown showed up. Oh, so he's the most valuable. I got gotcha. you. Well, no, it's, it's Howie Roseman and it's Brett Veach. It's whoever is making the, the football decisions for those franchises. So it's Howie Roseman, who executive of the year, everybody's given a lot of praise. It's Brett Veach, 
who should be given a lot of praise and also a former executive of the year. But let's take it one step further, right? This is like a, a butterfly effect. A butterfly effect. That's the word I tried to say. Uh, the butterfly effect. And and the butterfly effect says that, you know, one thing happens which leads to another thing which leads to another thing. So let's take it one step further. If Howie Roseman and Brett Veach are really the MVPs, it's really the ownership groups that don't meddle in them messing around with it, right? Brett Veach can make wild and crazy trades and, and can, can – uh, give long-term 10, 12-year commitments like they did to Patrick Mahomes, and the Hunts are backing them up. And the same is true on the other side, right? Howie Roseman, uh, although he did fall out of favor in Philly for a little bit during the Chip Kelly era, he has uh, Jeff Lurie, the, the, their owners, complete confidence right now. You want to trade a first-round pick for a wide receiver that we have to give $100 million to? Go ahead. And it worked out. All of these gambles are paying off. Speaking of gambles, Big Game Bets brought to you by Inland Reef Bar and Grill will be coming up later on in the show. In the meantime, I want to get to our one big key, also brought to you by Pitbull Tobacco and more, as well as Newport News Shipbuilding, a division of HII. Each day today, we'll be hitting a different one big key to the game. So it's five big keys, but one big key a day. And with this one, uh, depth. The depth, the depth, the depth. if everything works out, we're going to be talking with David Tyree later in the week. He's on the schedule at the moment. And I've talked about this on the 757 at 6, but never really here on the Tim Donnelly Show. Um, the the excitement of, of David Tyree is what everyone on these two rosters should be feeling, which is it takes one play for you to become immortal, right? It takes one play for you to become a player that is synonymous with a franchise. David Tyree was, was a, uh, I believe, a one-time pro bowler. It was as a special teamer. He had come into the year with like five total touchdown catches or come into the playoffs with like five total touchdown catches in his career. He makes one, not even a touchdown catch, which, by the way, he did, he did also catch touchdowns in, in, in the playoffs in the Super Bowl. But the one that we remember him for, not even a touchdown catch. That's how much this game, the Super Bowl, can sway on one player, right? That's how much this game, with these two teams being so evenly matched, can sway on one play by your fourth or fifth wide receiver. So with one key, one big key being depth, it's it's obvious that these two teams have hit on the big big positions, right? They both have MVP candidate quarterbacks. They both have wide receivers that can play, tight ends that can play, defensive ends that can play, edge rushers that can play. But which team is going to have number, I think they're allowed to bring 53 uh, on the travel roster to the Super Bowl. Who's going to have someone who's the, number 49 of 53 that's, that's ready to make a helmet catch? Who's going to have number 58 out of, or, or 48 out of 53 that's going to step up and make a tackle on, uh, on Jalen Hurts or on uh, CEH, who's officially off the, the – or Jarek McKinnon or whatever, Isaiah Pacheco, whichever running back is doing things for, for Kansas City. Depth, one big key in this one, depth. And obviously, as I mentioned, one big key brought to you by Pitbull Tobacco and more as well as Newport News Shipbuilding, which is a division of HII. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk joins us right here in the broadcast booth, Pitbull Tobacco and more broadcast booth, as well as the Pitbull Tobacco and more guest chair. Mike Florio coming up next. This is the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. 
From Radio Row at Super Bowl 57, this is the Tim Donnelly Show, presented by Dreamlawns on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Welcome back to Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. It's the Tim Donnelly Show, live from Radio Row at the Super Bowl. And joining us in the Pitbull Tobacco and More guest chair, Mike Florio. You know him from Pro Football Talk as well as appearances really all over the sports media world. Mike, first of all, thank you for taking time out of your radio row to join us. Good to be with you. You know, it's always fun. You'll walk through the door and it begins. And <laughs> I appreciate the fact that there are so many folks out there like yourself that actually give a crap about what I have to say. So you get to hear it for a little chunk of time before you move on to the next one. We, uh, we put that at the top of our resume. We give a crap. That's, that's, that's what we do around here. Um, and, and speaking of it... It really is amazing, though, to be in there. I mean, look, I don't mean to interrupt oh, you, but fine. you Go just kind of sit back and have one of these moments. you got all the banners hanging up, and it's not nearly as hectic as it's going to be later in the week. But for a Monday, still, it's a lot of activity for a Monday because you know how it gets by Thursday and Friday. And usually Monday is a little bit of, above a ghost town. But <laughs> it's, it's, it's really right out of the gates, it's going. And, and the energy, it's picking up, and, and I think that has a lot to do with everyone kind of being out and, and, and doing everything again. Uh, but I do want to get, get your thoughts on, right, because we, we pay so much attention, everybody cares so much, sometimes we parse a little too aggressively. Uh, does it matter at all that, that Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers are flirting with each other so, so openly? Well, it matters because it's interesting to us. I don't know that it really matters to the Raiders. At the end of the day, the Raiders are going to make the decisions that are best for them. And there's two major factors that need to be considered. If you're the Raiders, Aaron Rodgers costs almost $60 million this mm-hmm. year. And Mark Davis is not one of the more cash-rich owners in the NFL. So that's a factor. Then, if you're going to trade for Aaron Rodgers, what's it going to take? (laughs) What do you give up for a guy that may play one year? Multiple first-round picks? Hell no. You know, this story is unfolding the same way that the Brett Favre scenario 15 (laughs) years ago. Well, the Packers got a fourth-round pick for Brett Favre. That's it. Wow. That's it. And the Packers held all the cards. They could tell Brett Favre just sit, you know, sit and rot. We don't care. We'll wait until we get what we want. This is a different situation where Rodgers is the one who's in control, and I think they may want to move on from him. So what do you really get for him? And how big of a, of a bargain are you going to push for if you're the Packers? And how much do you give up to get him? And how much of a fit is Aaron Rodgers really? Josh McDaniels <laughs> and Aaron Rodgers, like, like the minute Aaron Rodgers freelances at the line of scrimmage and pisses McDaniel's off, what what happens? So I I don't I think we assume that it would work out well. I'm not so sure it would, and that makes me kind of want it to happen because it would be <laughs> great for our business. Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, joining us here in the Pitbull Tobacco and More guest chair at Super Bowl Radio Row. Uh, the the other side of that is how. I mean, the 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 Favre situation is obviously a different one, but but you you referenced it. How much do they want to? do what Rodgers wants them to do, right? Like, if, if someone is forcing their way out of town, is there an element of, you want to go to the Raiders? We're sending you to the Jets. Well, no, I think it's mainly they just don't want him to be with an NFC team. Remember, they did that with Favre. They actually had a clause in the Favre trade that if the Jets turned around and traded him to another team in the NFC North, the price would escalate to three first-round draft picks. Now, as it turned out, <laughs> they cut him after one year, and he went straight to the Vikings. I think that The Packers understand the value in shedding the $60 million obligation and in moving on to Jordan Love. 
Because think about, and this is another mm-hmm. parallel from Favre to Rodgers. Three years of Jordan Love sitting on the bench. Three years of Aaron Rodgers sitting on the bench. And we, we got a taste. We got a, we got a slice of what Jordan Love looked like in that Eagles game when Aaron Rodgers had to leave. And that's when that talk first started. And, and there was talk about, will there be a point in the season where they bench Aaron Rodgers and let Jordan Love play? <laughs> they never fell out of contention to have that conversation. But, but that was real for a while. So I, I think there's an element of that too. And I, and I think the, the bigger challenge for the Packers is if they want Rodgers to leave – to not make it look like they want Rodgers to leave because that's when maybe he stays just out of spite. The the other big name that that's the, the rumors are rampant, or one of the others, I should say, Lamar Jackson. And, and it seems like at the Pro Bowl, a lot of, a lot of microphones were put in a lot of people's faces, and, and uh, that conversation kept coming up. It, will that deal ever get done with Baltimore? Well, I doubt that they'll work out a long-term deal before the deadline for applying the franchise tag. So I think what will happen is – Barring some major change in Lamar Jackson's mindset or the hiring of an agent that he'll actually listen to. (laughs) Because Lamar Jackson has been locked in in an expectation that he gets a five-year fully guaranteed contract, period. Deshaun Watson, money. And the Ravens don't want to give him a five-year fully guaranteed contract. Now, we've seen bits and pieces of the best offer they made him last year. We've never seen the whole offer. I think we need to see the whole offer to understand whether it would have been good or bad for Lamar Jackson to take it. Well, now, whatever the offer was last year, is it the same? Is it more? Is it less based upon what happened in 2022? There's a chance it's less. Yesterday's price isn't today's price. Exactly. So, I think what's going to happen is they're going to apply the franchise tag. The question is, will they apply non-exclusive, where he can go out and talk to other teams and maybe sign an offer sheet that the Ravens would either match or get two first-round picks as compensation and say, we're done, we're moving on? Or do they do exclusive? It's about $13 million higher, and it also keeps him from ever talking to any other teams. And it guarantees he'll be with the team for one more year. His only leverage there would be to just say, I'm not signing it, I'm not showing up, I'm not playing for this, but it's $45 million. Why would you turn down $45 million for one more year? I mean, it feels like he's on the Kirk Cousins track where you get tagged twice and then become a free agent. The problem is you got to get through two more seasons healthy enough and effective enough that you're still desirable after two more seasons. You, you referenced a, uh, an agent that he'll listen to. Do you think that is a huge roadblock? It's, it's five years fully guaranteed, right, Deshaun Watson money, those sorts of things. Would that be different if he had an agent, or would it just be an agent doing his best to convince him that's not realistic? Here's what would happen. The agent would say to Lamar, you've got three paths. Number one, we do the best possible deal we can with the Ravens. We get the best number on the table, and I will advise you on whether to take that as if you were my son. Based upon my experience, I'll explain it to you. And the best deal, we either take it or we don't. If you don't want the best deal they make, then we have to agitate. We have to be what Deshaun Watson was with the Texans. We have to say, I'm never playing for you again. You have to be willing to be the bad guy. He's already kind of become the bad guy anyway without trying. I want out. Texans said okay. They worked this deal, and it fell together just perfectly that the Browns, after they had alienated Baker Mayfield and got (laughs) thrown out of the competition for Deshaun Watson, swung back around and made that big offer. That's how it happened. I'd want Lamar Jackson to understand five years fully guaranteed just doesn't fall out of the sky. There's a path to get it, and you may get there. You may not get there. And then the other option is the Kirk Cousins, you know, get through – what is now two more seasons, what was three more seasons. I remember after the third week of this past year, people were like, oh, Lamar Jackson bet on himself and won. It's like, no, (laughs) the bet doesn't end for 48 more regular season games. He's still got to get to the end of the 2024 season before he cashes that With his value and his health. Exactly.
So uh, an agent would be able to lay that out just like I did, and he would take it to heart. He would trust the person. He would ex- accept it, and he would and he would do whatever the agent advises. That's what as you know, good agents get their clients to take their advice. <laughs> That's a ther- half therapist right there, right? Uh, we're talking with Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk here on Super Bowl Radio Row. Uh, before we let you go, Mike, and thank you for the time once again. Um, we're hearing a lot this offseason about the, the three-year quarterbacks, right? Now they're eligible for that, that massive extension, the Burroughs, the Herberts. But, but there's another one pl- playing in the Super Bowl, J- Jalen Hurts. Where does he fit into that mix, right? We're seeing the number 50 thrown around with Herbert and Burrow. If he has a Super Bowl championship, obviously a second-round pick, so he doesn't have that, that uh, extra year. Is he in the mix for that kind of money? At one point, I thought that the play for the Eagles would be to pay Jalen Hurts a reasonable amount and then have the cap space and the cash to build around him. This season, he reached the level where you're not going to just be able to say, we're going with a mid-level guy that we consciously expect to be not among the top. I mean, at some point, you've got to pay your quarterback. And it's a tough spot for me because, on one hand, I say to the players, get every penny. Get what you can while you can because the moment you're no longer of value to the team, they turn their back on you and move on to the next guy. Get paid. It's not up to you to manage the salary cap. It's up to them. On the other hand, great players want to have a legacy. They don't want to be a one-man band. Mm -hmm. They don't want to have a bunch of guys around them that can't play. So you leave some. You find a device. And one thing I've been arguing for for years is a contract that would give the quarterback a percentage of the salary cap. And I think that Joe Burrow is the best candidate to ever get that because you have to have a contrarian owner who goes against the grain because the league doesn't want the teams to do it. I think you need an owner who's willing to say, hey, you know what? I will carve out 15% every year. I know I got 85 cents on the dollar that goes to the rest of the team. I'm willing to commit 15 cents. Then that keeps the deal from ever getting obsolete. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about it. You do a 10-year deal, 15-year deal, whatever, and it's always that percentage. That is what needs to happen, and that's the best way to frame it because you're saying, I'm consciously giving you enough money so you can build the team out around me. And, and I've seen you make that argument. I think it's a really good one as well. I keep making it and nobody listens to hey, me. I'm, I'm listening. I just unfortunately no, don't, no, don't nobody, own an NFL nobody who, team. <laughs> nobody who owns a team or who, or who represents a player I, I, is listening I, I, to me, although some players have tried to get it. The owners refuse to do it. Well, in the billionaire circles that I'll run in, I'll, I'll pass yeah. along my, my positive thoughts. One of the benefits of being a billionaire is you don't have to listen to anybody. Yep. Isn't that great? Wouldn't that be great to just not have to listen to anybody? Actually, it can cause some problems, but we don't have enough time for that. <laughs> uh, Mike, we appreciate it. I don't know if you've done it publicly, but we're going to ask everybody that, that joins us. Do you have a pick? I, I, I usually hold mine until okay. later in the week. I'm leaning Chiefs strongly right now. All right. Leaning that, Chiefs strongly. That'll be, a, that'll be a, your, your contribution to our, our pick pool thank that you. we're doing here. So, Mike, thank you very much for, for stopping by. Gamble responsibly and never listen to me. <laughs> there you go. Uh, fade. Fade? Uh, <laughs> never mind. We won't get into all of that. Mike, thanks again. All right, man. The Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Live from Radio Row inside the Phoenix Convention Center in the heart of Super Bowl country, it's the Tim Donnelly Show, presented by Dream Lawns on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. That is exactly what it is. The Tim Donnelly Show, live from Radio Row here in Phoenix. I'm Tim Donnelly. Robbie Vogler here with me. And here's the, and we're all on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. First of all, there's some uh, mental gymnastics that need to be done here in a second. Uh, and what I mean by that is uh, the best team doesn't always win the Super Bowl. 
Okay, we're here at the Super Bowl. We're hoping to find the best team in the NFL. This year, it does kind of feel that way, but it does not always happen. The best team doesn't always win the Super Bowl. Sometimes, best team doesn't even make it to the Super Bowl. But I'll tell you this, it comes across as really sour grapes if you get eliminated and then say that. <laughs> I mean, you, we can understand it in, in, in a vacuum, right? We can understand it without needing it to be said. Uh, but again, the mental gymnastics are going to be pretty aggressive here. Brandon Ayuk was on one of the San Francisco 49ers own podcasts, uh, and he did not hold back with how lofty his thoughts were about his own team. Uh, by the way, Brandon Ayuk, a member of the Niners, wide receiver, really talented guy. Here's Ayuk. We have hands down the best football team in the league. Hands down. Hands down. I don't even, I don't, I'm not even about to argue with anybody who thinks they should argue that. Like, Hands down. I would, again, logically, I don't, I don't even necessarily disagree with him, right? I, I think there are elements, like there are ways that you could look at teams and say the San Francisco 49ers are the best team in the NFL. But that's not how the game goes. And hands down is absolutely not how the game goes because you just got smacked. Now, you ran out of quarterbacks. I get it. Okay? I understand it completely. But the problem is, like any athlete that's ever played any sport of any kind, there's a few phrases that we know, right? Settle it on the field. They did. You lost. Ball don't lie. Well, if the ball don't lie, you played it. You lost. It, it's it's. We have those sayings to eliminate these types of arguments, right? If if you have a chance to win it on the field and you don't, then it is very difficult for me to turn around and and say or expect you to convince everybody that you were the best team in the NFL. But that's not where Ayuk stopped. As a matter of fact, he didn't stop for quite some time. Uh, again, Brandon Ayuk on the Niners podcast. I don't know. I don't know um, fully about that defense. I don't know. I, they talk about him being a good defense. I'm not too sure. I'm not. I'm not sure. I think. I think the pass game, this Kansas City pass game, will expose what we thought we were going to be able to expose before some unfortunate circumstances happen. So we'll see. We'll see. But like I said, you got to get lucky to win the Super Bowl, and they just got oh, yeah. extremely lucky last week. So who's to say they can't do it twice? Who's to say they can't do it twice? Is it now, 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 now? I want to bring you into the conversation. By the way, call and text lines are open, 757-687-9494. You can call in. We can talk to you live right here from Radio Row in Phoenix. You can also text in on the Dream Lawns text line, 757-687-9494. When Brandon Ayuk said uh, they can get lucky twice, do you think he was implying that the only way the Eagles win this game is if Kansas City runs out of quarterbacks? Because, because, because um, that would be disrespectful to the Chiefs. But also, that's not just all that Brandon Ayuk was saying. Again, Brandon Ayuk on the San Francisco 49ers podcast. But if I was a betting man, if I was if I was a, a betting a betting man, I was talking about. You had to put my, some money on it. You <clears throat> wanted to win something. Yeah, if I were to go do that, what's I'm not going to. If I were, I would go put. Hypothetically speaking. Yeah, hypothetically speaking, if I were going to bet on this game, I would go take everything that I own, get it in cash, and put my money on Kansas City Cheese. It is one thing to to say that. It is another thing to say that 
right after the Eagles beat you. Now, he, the, if there is a way to handle this, it's probably just privately, right? It's behind closed doors. You are allowed to, and, and allowed to might not be, is definitely not the right word. It, it, it would not become a thing if you say that internally. Right, everyone that's ever lost a game has, or or anyone that's played sports long enough, uh, you've lost a game where in the locker room after the game you're saying we were the better team. We know we're better than that. We're better than them. We're better than them. We're so much better than them. Over and over and over again. But you can't go out and say that publicly because, especially when you're in Brandon Ayuk's situation, uh, you can always come back next year and prove it. Use it as motivation, right? You can always say we're going to win the NFC next year. Once we do that, once, twice, three times, four times, then you won't even have to say anything about it, right? There's there's a, an old cliche, um, and, and, and it's, it's a simple one, right? If you are good, you have to tell people about it. If you are great, people will tell you about it, right? If you are great, people will tell other people about it for you. So, so if I'm Brandon Ayuk, or, I mean, name your niner, right, because I'm sure he's not the only one that feels this way. And you are frustrated watching the Kansas City Chiefs and the Eagles play in the Super Bowl because you feel like you are the best team in the NFL. Here's what you do. You go win next year's Super Bowl. And then you win the NFC again. And then you go back to the NFC Championship game. And then you win it again. And everywhere you go, you win. Maybe you trade teams, you win there. Because then what's going to happen is people will retroactively look at this year and say the Niners were actually the best team of that season. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. But you have to go out and be great. If you are great, others will fight for you. It's crazy, right? Uh, think of it like what's – what's I almost said what's the most annoying. Maybe not the most annoying. One of the most overdone arguments in sports right now is LeBron versus MJ. Right? LeBron versus MJ. And you know what's the crazy part? And you can even throw Kobe in there because Kobe was very vocal about it uh, prior to his, his tragic passing as well. Uh, they don't have to do it. Right? You don't have MJ arguing against LeBron. You have all of these other people that, that are not MJ, LeBron, or Kobe, and they are arguing for MJ, LeBron, and Kobe against each other. Michael Jordan hasn't played basketball in a very long time. He has a devout legion of fans that are, are dedicated towards defending his honor on Twitter. It, it is a, a strange phenomena, right? So, so look at it like that if you're Ayuk. If you're not so great that others will fight for you, focus on that part of it, right? Because, again, I don't necessarily disagree with him. I, I think it's bold, and I think it's, it's – you know, I could see both sides because I definitely hear the Eagles saying, no, 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 you aren't better than us, and I can see their point as well. So I understand his logic, but he has to understand how poor of a look it is to have the Niners say they're the best team in the NFL – when the teams with the best regular season records that had the number one seed have six all pros each and are playing for a Super Bowl. I think it's hard to say one of those teams, one of those two teams, will not be the best team in the NFL. All right, speaking of the two teams playing this weekend uh, in the Super Bowl, uh, Chiefs, Eagles, it's time for a little health check from, uh, brought to you by Virginia Clinical Research. Health check brought to you by Virginia Clinical 
research. Uh, the, the only real news, and there'll be more as they have to give more and more uh, updates on injury reports and everything, um, but the only news of the day for sure is Clyde Edwards-Alaire, running back for the, the Chiefs, is now off of the injured reserve, and Mecole Hardman is put on the injured reserve. Uh, Hardman will be a miss. Uh, he will be somebody that that, that Chiefs offense uh, desperately, desperately wants. Um, if if only to bring a little bit of a veteran flair in the offense to a, a wide receiver room that has been banged up. Um, but make no mistakes about it, that offense does begin and end with Travis Kelsey in the pass-catching department. And then uh, the Clyde Edwards-Alaire being available, another body, right? Well, I mean, what did we learn from the Niners quarterback situation if not you want to have as many players available at key positions as possible. And and with Pacheco and McKinnon and now CEH, uh, they have some guys that, that, you know, if two go down, they still feel pretty comfortable with the others, at least from a mechanic standpoint, right? Who to block, where to run, what the play is. So so Clyde Edwards-Alaire available, being put on injured reserve. Mecole Hardman, little uh, the IR gives and takes from the – Chiefs offense. That is a health check brought to you by Virginia Clinical Research. We'll do that throughout the week as well as more information comes out about the big game. Uh, We're going to take a break. When we come back, however, Kyrie Irving demanded a trade and was granted a trade. He's not even the best player that was on the Nets a couple days ago. What does this mean about Kevin Durant? That's coming up next. Stick around. The Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1, brought to you live from Radio Row here in Phoenix at the Super Bowl. This is the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Giving you the latest from the NFL's biggest game. It's the Tim Donnelly Show presented by Dreamlawns. Live from Radio Row at the Super Bowl on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Live from the Super Bowl presented by Dreamlawns. Also, the reason you can hear us is because we have an internet connection and our internet connectivity is brought to you by Larry King Law. So shout out to them as well for allowing us to stay connected. Uh, call and text lines open 757-687-9494 for any of your questions involving uh, the game coming up, obviously the Super Bowl, uh, the offseason in the NFL, or the big news out of the NBA, Kyrie Irving traded to the Mavs, which I, I should actually clear this up. Uh, the two-team trade between the Nets and the Mavs, which has been agreed upon, has not been officially sent into the league as of yet, according to Adrian Wojnarowski. Um, not because it won't happen, but according to Woj, the uh, the Nets are trying to fold a third team into the mix and and maybe, you know, send some things that they're getting directly out. Uh, we'll see how all that works. Um, but if, if a third team isn't folded into the mix, they're expected to go official with the two-team trade uh, within the next few hours. Wouldn't, now, it be, wouldn't it be so Kyrie if something happened that it, this didn't actually happen? If, it, it would just, only you know, be it, it would just, only it be goes, Kyrie if he decided he didn't want true, it anymore. That's true. I, I don't think I don't for as much as we've seen Kyrie Irving kind of upend situations, I have yet to see his uh, decision making or his his dramatics become contagious and start right. rubbing off on those around him. Uh, it seems to be if if you know if James Harden had a little bit of drama before, he had a little drama during. If KD had a little drama before, had a little drama during. But I haven't seen like uh, 
you know, he didn't he didn't link up with Kev Love, and suddenly Kev Love had a ton of drama. Um, but hey, maybe maybe. Uh, by the way, it's Tim Donnelly's show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, ninety four point one. The the funniest part of the Kyrie drama, and we're talking about it obviously because it happened over the weekend, is that there's an even bigger fish looming as part of this story, right? It's it's uh it's kind kind of like this. We'll go with a, a relationship metaphor that we so often use here on the show. Um, let's say you you hear your buddy broke up with with his lady, right? You your friend broke up with his his girlfriend. And you're passing it along to other friends, right? Like, hey, just so you know, so-and-so might be down a little bit. He just broke up with his girl. There's always that one friend in the corner that is, like, smirking, right? Everyone's like, oh, man, that's the worst. Oh, they were so good together. Oh, man, how's he handling it? What's he doing? Does he need to go out? Should we call him? Should we invite him? Then the one friend's like, does this mean she's single? Right? There's always the, the, the I don't know him that well, but uh, does this mean they're, like, She's fair. She's, I can go make a move. And it's like, ooh, too soon, buddy, too soon. Um, I can tell you right now in the NBA, nothing is too soon, right? Kyrie going at it with his team. Kyrie going at it with his team. Kyrie getting traded. There's a whole bunch of uh, people right now in NBA offices across the league going, does this mean Kevin Durant is available? I mean, Kyrie, okay, but does this mean Kevin Durant is available? Because if I were Kevin Durant, I'd understand at this point in time in my career that nobody is loyal in the NBA. So I'd be very tempted to put myself first, second, and third. Jay Will, you can catch every morning on uh, 94.1, Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max, uh, talked about the KD trade and, and what he would want if he were KD. If, if, if I'm the Nets, I'm not trying to let go of KD at all. If I'm the only KD way I, and I move you is if you come to me, Key, if you're, if you're KD, if you come to me and you say, look, this is not working, I want out, I'm not going to be loud about it, or you guys have to do right by me considering I stood yeah. by your side. I would not want to trade KD. No, the Nets don't want to trade KD. 100% the Nets don't want to trade KD. To be completely honest with you, they probably didn't want to trade Kyrie. It, it comes down to if KD, if Kevin Durant wants out because he's looking around going, wait a second, I was hoping to play with James Harden and Kyrie Irving. Now I'm with Spencer Dinwiddie and Ben Simmons. Like I, I, Spencer Dinwiddie's a good player. I like Spencer Dinwiddie. He's not James Harden. Ben Simmons, who knows what he is. He's not Kyrie Irving. Okay? The Thursday trade deadline is a long way away, right? If today is Monday, the Thursday trade deadline might as well be hours and hours and hours into the future. Who wouldn't want Kevin Durant, right? Bobby Marks on GetUp talking about KD's value now versus KD's value in the summer. I don't think Brooklyn has to do anything about it. I mean, he could go to today or tomorrow and say, I, you know, I want out. And I don't think that all of a sudden, I mean, we saw this offseason – you know they'll, they'll play the slow game here, and they'll wait into the off season, and they'll wait till one of these teams who get eliminated in the playoffs, who think they're a Kevin Durant player away, and if it's not Mikael Bridges that Phoenix would offer right now, it might be it might be in the off season, and it might be DeAndre Ayton in the off season, and you know the list of players just keeps on growing here. I think the value of what you can get back for Kevin Durant right now is probably not the value of what you can get back in June. The value you can get back right now is not the value you can get back in June. I just don't see I don't see how. Kevin Durant is younger now than he would be in June. He can help you win this year now, can't do that in June. He the the contract goes further into the future now and you get it earlier now. I think about it like this. If you can make it work 
you you'd much rather have him at the trade deadline, which is coming up this Thursday, than you would in the future. If you are an NBA team and you are not actively tanking, which I, I understand there are some of you that are, if you are an NBA team and you are not actively tanking, you don't have Victor Wembanyama uh, fever, you are calling the Brooklyn Nets right now. And you are making first offer, best offer, right? You are comfortable. Kevin Durant is, d- does not come around often. The, the fact of the matter is, and I talked about this earlier, I watched Kyrie play recently, and it was a game Kevin Durant didn't play. And, and you know, I saw it in person, and there is a gap between Kyrie Irving and everyone else on the floor. And they were playing the Knicks. So there was Jalen uh, Brunson. There was Julius Randle. There was a gap between Kyrie Irving and everyone else. There is a gap between Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving when Kevin Durant is healthy. His size brings an element that, that can't be explained. His, his skill brings an element that can't be explained. His shooting brings an element that can't be explained. There's not a handful of better scores in the, the history of the NBA than Kevin Durant. So you, you do have to look around, and, and you do have to you know, say honestly to yourself, if we keep these draft picks, what are the chances of us getting someone that plays at a Kevin Durant level even for three or four years or however long he's got left? Chances are pretty slim. Go to the text line here. The Dream Lawns text line, 757-687-9494. Donovan in the 757 says trade Westbrook for KD. Trade AD and Beverly for DeRozan. Wait for Kyrie if the Mavs don't re-sign him. Um this is one uh, Donovan. I know, obviously, Laker fan. Uh, there's, uh, I talked about this actually last week on the show. One of my favorite things is people to just shout out random, ridiculous trades and then say who says no. And usually, there's a very obvious answer for who says no. They'll be like, uh, uh, you know, a, a Colts fan will say the number four pick, and next year second. For the Bears' number one overall pick, who says no? And I'm like, the Bears say no. So if you say trade Westbrook for KD, who says no? The answer to that question is is simple and obvious. The, the Nets say no. If you, if you want to trade Russell Westbrook away from the Lakers, you are going to have to package a sweetener. You're going to have to give up a first-round pick to get somebody to take Russell Westbrook. Meanwhile, Kevin Durant still carries an insane amount of value because he can be the best player on a championship team. So I appreciate the, the thought, but the, the realism just, just isn't there. At least it's not there at the moment. It's the Tim Donnelly Show. By the way, as we just showed, Dreamlawn's text line is open, 757-687-9494. You can also call in at the same number, 757-687-9494. When we come back, right here live at Radio Row in Phoenix for the Super Bowl, uh, we will have more, including more on the game and more guests, including a current NFL player uh, and also Lamar Jackson negotiations. Not in a good place, so much so that my notes say this. Lamar Jackson negotiations. Whoa. Stick around.